At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Food insecurity, we talked about it earlier. We're talking about um, the situation going on in Ukraine right now. And one of the issues that has been raised as a result of the Russian invasion has been a quote-unquote global food crisis. You've heard a lot about it, right? We've talked about the massive diplomatic effort that took place to get grain shipments, for example, moving again out of the Black Sea. Uh, Grain prices globally have soared. Um, There's been lots of talk about how many people may tip into famine in different parts of the world because of this, especially in countries where food security has always been an issue. But is there more to it than just what's going on? Are we saying chalking up food insecurity to what's happening in Ukraine with ignoring a whole bunch of other issues that may be out there? Joining us to fill us in is Dr. Nancy Chen, who's a professor of managerial economics and decision sciences at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management. She's also the founding director of China Econ Lab and Northwestern's China Lab. And we're going to have a conversation about food insecurity. Dr. Chen, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Good morning. You know, we've talked a lot about Ukraine and, and the situation there and how it's contributed to this global food crisis. But in the piece you wrote, you find it's more complicated than that, right? There are some other factors at play here. Yeah, it's a lot more complicated than uh, just the war in Ukraine, right? And I'll sort of give the punchline away right away, which is that if the war in Ukraine ended today, we would still have food insecurity in poor countries, and it wouldn't be that much better. And this is for a couple of different reasons. Uh, The first reason is that the food that is being consumed by very poor countries with food insecurity issues that are most at risk, most of it just doesn't come from, it's just not coming from Ukraine. So, you know, Africa consumes mostly maize. Ukraine doesn't really produce maize. When we look at the foods that Ukraine produces and exports, it's corn and wheat. And the amount of corn that the Ukraine uh, produces and exports and the amount of wheat, if they stopped today, it wouldn't be that difficult to make up for it with exports from other large producers like the United States. So... (laughs) Why is the focus all on what's happening in Ukraine? Like you say, I mean, that's just a small piece of a much larger puzzle. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good question. Um, And that's a really important question. So I think one reason is that uh, I think one reason is that as a fact, the war is causing disruptions to the global food supply, right? Yeah. I mean, we see that. The war is, uh, in the short run, it was just disrupting the logistical supply chain, getting shipments out, and that's a big deal. And the other thing is that in the long run, it could reduce harvest in Ukraine and maybe Russia also. And that's also very important. I think the lot, so these, these are real problems. These are real problems for the global food market. I think the disconnect is then to connect that with food insecurity in poor countries. And that's the part that, you know, we're sort of assuming is true, but actually isn't true. So how do we address it? I mean, how do we, what's what's the resolution here? Is there one? Well, I mean, I think, you know, in our very short conversation here, we've just identified several problems. Yeah, some, yeah. Are, some are addressable and some are harder to address. So I think, you know, the issue of disruptions and logistical supply chains, as we see from the recent negotiations, while politically taxing, those are fixable, right? I mean, we did manage 
to come to an agreement so that we can get the food shipments out. And then things like harvest shortfalls in the Ukraine and Russia, I think there are things that, you know, other countries can do to try to help uh, to give those countries incentives to protect those harvests and supplies. So I think those things are resolvable. And the other thing that we need to keep in mind is that in the world today, there's 850 million tons of green reserves. Mm. These are uh, these are strategic reserves held by uh, held by countries. Some of it by governments and some of it by uh, private organizations. And the U.S. and the EU has about a quarter of that. So by releasing strategic reserves or building strategic reserves, the government can do a lot to address these short-run supply chain disruptions. The thing that's harder to address is the stuff is food insecurity in very poor countries, right? Because like I said, that's really not about the war in Ukraine. Even if we ended the war, that's not going to get better. Those countries are dealing with, you know, serious and long-run difficulties, starting with climate change, which, you know, I think if anyone can fix climate change, well, that would be amazing. Um, starting with climate change and going on to endemic conflict and failing institutions. So, you know, so those issues are much harder to address. I think as a Band-Aid, you know, because we can't fix those fundamental, we don't know how to fix those fundamental issues for the very poor countries right now, a really useful Band-Aid would be if rich countries can build up their reserves some more and encourage their farmers to farm and produce. You know, American farmers, Canadian farmers, Australian farmers, these are really productive, agriculturally productive countries, right? And they're not producing our capacity. If they produce more and the the governments have more reserves, that would give the governments more leverage, you know, to release reserves in case there are shortfalls, both because of the war and because of, you know, long-run climate change issues uh, that the very poor countries face. Yeah, I mean, it's such a complex issue, and I think you're right. We just fall into the trap of saying, oh, well, it's what's going on in Ukraine, when obviously it, it goes far beyond that, and it predates that by so many years, and it's been an issue for so long that um, you're right. It, it, it Maybe it's an opportunity to, to look at some other options that are available and have always been available, but now there's a new new emphasis, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think it's just, you know, the war in, the war in Ukraine is causing all sorts of issues, obviously. But for, you know, but for thinking about food insecurity in poor countries, it's just really important for us to remember that these issues were there before the war. They will be there after the war. And, you know, it's just, as you say, this is a good opportunity for us to really zoom in onto those mm, issues and yeah. think, you know, what can we do? With, what can we do to help? Uh, Doctor, thank you so much for your time. Great conversation. Great insight. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. That is Dr. Nancy Chen, a professor of managerial economics and decision sciences at Northwestern University, calling us from Newton, Mass., just outside of Boston.